5.35. I say that, I'm saying it out loud so I know what the time is. And you've got me today, preaching in communion. So I guarantee you we're going to have a relatively early minute. I love early minutes. Who loved early minutes at school? Me. So put your seatbelts on. If I talk too quickly, which I have a habit of doing, can someone hold up a sign or do something? Yeah, Kerry will go slow down. Because I saw Josh and I'm kind of going, he's a man of God like his dad and his mum, but he talks like his mum. <laughs> Me, slow down. Okay. This morning, I want to speak about, don't put it up yet, Charlotte, just so I'm just warning you because I don't want anyone to know just yet. This morning, I want to speak about something which some people find easy to do and some people find it a little more difficult. It is a subject that if we are God's children, we need to do it regardless of how we feel and whether we find it easy or not. If we leave this area unchecked, we end up hurt, angry, hard, cold, resentful. We can be shut off, isolated. It robs our joy, causes negative speech and blaming, just to name a few. They're the ones I could think up. So who knows and if you've, been, if you've watched Facebook this week, you can't answer. Who knows what I might be speaking on today? Drum roll, please. Yes, forgiveness. You can now put it up and then I can... Do I do it? Ah, clever. Okay. So it was advertised on forgiveness and Beth, the songs were great today. Um... If we look at the words of the songs that we are singing, the people that wrote those songs were so poetic in their way they're able to write it. But it was absolute truths about that we find all our forgiveness in God. But there was that new song that we sang, there was words, I don't know if I'm quoting them exactly correctly, but it says that we are to bear our cross until Jesus comes again which means that we will have trials in this world. That is a given fact. Do you know what? Quite often when I preach, I often give this little warning that I say, if you don't like what I'm saying this morning, just pretend I'm talking to the person next to you. Well, this morning I'm not going to give you that warning. My warning is going to be that if I say something that touches you or affects you this morning, it's for you. Because if we can get a hold of this in our lives, I'm telling you, when we have to carry the cross that we have to carry at times, we'll be able to do it. So when we talk about forgiveness, forgiveness is a foundation of our faith. As we say, 101, forgiveness. And the reason why forgiveness is foundational, because when you first came to know Jesus, most of us would have prayed a prayer something like this. And if you've never prayed this prayer, I want you to come and see me after the service because I want to pray it with you. We want to pray it together. But we would have all prayed a prayer something like this if we've given our heart to the Lord. Father, 
I know I am a sinner. I have broken your laws and my sins have separated me from you. I am truly sorry. And now I want to turn away from my past sinful life and towards you. Then we say, please forgive me and help me avoid sinning again. I believe that your son Jesus Christ died for my sins and was resurrected from the dead. He is alive and hears my prayers. I invite Jesus to become the Lord of my life, to rule and reign in my heart from this day forward. Please send your Holy Spirit to help me so that I can obey you and do your will for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Do you know what? I just want to digress for 30 seconds. Last week was an incredible time in church. I was in church. I wasn't in this church, but I was in the church. And to see Pastor Kylie showed me the baptism clips beforehand. And can I tell you, I just felt so grateful that I got to see that, see their testimonies, because I felt like I was part of it, even though I wasn't here. So I just want to say, you know, congratulations to all those people that were living out their faith by doing the next step of going through the waters of baptism. And I just want to say, I just so loved seeing your testimonies because it just made me feel a part of what you were doing. So how good was that? And it was a great morning in church. But you know what, when we're serving Jesus, Pastor Rob's not missing out this morning because he's serving God in Kimber. Michael and Kimberly are not missing out because they're serving the Lord in Elliston. And that's how we're going to be as a church family because this is normal for us now. So the first thing when we talk about um, forgiveness is we need to admit that we're sinners. And all of my information this morning comes from the book called the Bible. Because as I say every time, if you want to hear words from me, I pray that I could give you some helpful advice, but the only advice that's going to save your life is what comes from this book. So it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, unrighteousness isn't the kind of word that we usually say in our daily vocabulary. I will... It's not the kind of word I usually use in my daily vocabulary. I know that I had, um, Paul said to me once, he goes, you never went to um, higher education, did you? And I went, no. He goes, yeah, I can tell. I mean, he said that with love. So what I'm saying is I don't usually use big words. My language is understandable for a little kid to understand and and an adult to understand. I'm just not using big words. So unrighteousness. Well, what does unrighteousness mean? It means not living right. Easy. It means to be sinful or it means to be wicked. Now, wicked not in the bad sense that everything's wicked, but it means doing the wrong thing. So it says, if we confess our sins, he will forgive us. And so each one of us have hope this morning, because if we confess it, he will. The next, this next scripture that I want us to look at is a scripture, a bit hard to read there, that I personally want to build my life upon. And what it says is, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. 
So this morning, I want to remain faithful to Jesus' teaching. And the only way that we can know the truth and have it set us free is by remaining faithful. And that is why I want to speak about forgiveness today, because we can all know the truth about forgiveness. So why forgiveness? I'm glad you asked. Because I don't like what I see when people are not willing to forgive. I don't like the baggage they carry around. I don't like their negative talk. Like I said at the start, this is what made me realise, when I think about people who have got unforgiveness and they're not willing to forgive, they are easily hurt. Has anyone seen that? They're angry, they're hard, they're cold, they're resentful, they're shut off, they isolate themselves, they're certainly not full of joy and usually they do a lot of blaming because it's never their fault. It's always everybody else's fault. And we've all seen people like that because maybe we've been like that ourselves at times. We don't mean to, hurts come. I need to teach you what to do when that happens to let it go. So what I want to say this morning, and it's only for your benefit, for my benefit, and we can only do it with the Lord's help, and that is let it go, let it go. I know that might be a song from Frozen, but that is what Jesus wants us to do. Forgiveness, the freedom to let it go. This morning, I want to see people set free from the baggage unforgiveness causes. The only way I can help this morning is by showing you what the Word of God says and then you need to apply it. Because the heaviest thing you can carry is a grudge. And this morning, I want you to choose forgiveness. No one likes it when we get hurt or when we hurt others. But we don't live in a perfect world. And things go wrong. So we need to make sure that our response is one that God wants. Sometimes my attitude stinks. And this has been very challenging for me as I've been going through that because I've, it just made me realise things in my own life where I could have done things a little bit different. But as I said, I want to be a disciple who remains faithful to his teaching. I want to know the truth and I want to have it set me free. A few months ago, um, we, these people decided to say some mean things about Rob and myself. And the person that they said it to decided it was in our best interest that they told us. Don't you love it? But the only thing is, probably wasn't in my best interest, because then I started carrying this hurt. Like, how they dare they say that about us? That was so unfair, it wasn't even true. But you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to justify myself. And um, then one Friday morning... My dad just rang me just to say hello, which is a nice thing for your dad to do. And he goes, how are you going? I said, well, not that great, really. Listen to my confession. Um, I said, I've got to prepare a message and my brain's all mushy. I can't even think right. And I sort of 
didn't mention any names, but just said, so mean when people say bad things about you. I mean, they said it about Jesus. But when they say it about you, it does hurt. There's something that just hurts about it. And then my dad said to me, have you forgiven them? Of course I forgave them. That's the first thing I would have done was forgiven them. But when I got off the phone, that little thing, and I want that to ring in your minds, have you forgiven them? It's easy to know that that's what we should do, but have we? So I did this thing that all of you do, I know. I went to my bed and I knelt down and I just said to God, I ask that you come and heal my heart. I ask for forgiveness for the, for the hurt that I've been harbouring. Instantly, I mean instantly, God, I was hanging out the washing. So straight after I did that, I was trying to distract myself, so I was hanging out washing. I have a lot of washing to hang up. We've got a big family, so that's a, quite a regular job for me. So I'm hanging out the washing, and almost it was like God told me, because now, now he's operating in the word of knowledge, he said, those people are having a hard time at the moment and they're just blaming you for the hurt that they're going through. I had this incredible love for them, that I was actually able to pray for them, that their load could be lightened, that their path could become a little bit more straight. Can you just help them come through? So suddenly, the attention's not on me anymore. The attention is, God, you love those people. So why... Don't we all need to do that? Because forgiveness releases you. I read this by Max Licato. It says, forgiveness is unlocking the door to set someone free and realising you were the prisoner. As I said at the start, it, um, forgiveness is the foundation for our Christian faith. It's the foundation so when we talk about the foundation, how about we go right back to what we need to build on? I'm sure you've all heard this story and it's called building on a solid foundation. Is that where we need to go back to? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes, like it did last night, and torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So how do we build a house on rock? I'm telling you, it's not easy. I just don't want to kid you. It's actually not easy. It's really hard. The only way I know how spiritually is by building it on the word of God. I need to read this word every day and follow its patterns. There are no shortcuts. I'm sure we've all heard of the shonky builder. They take shortcuts, don't use proper equipment. I'm telling you right now, God's not one of those builders. He doesn't take no shortcuts and he does not use shoddy workmanship. There's a song, um, like it was a hymn that says, 
On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is shifting sand. No one wants to build a house on sand. When we read that, we don't want to build on sand. We know what's going to happen. But it seems so easy. With our natural way of thinking, building on the rock takes hard work. But the same is true with forgiveness. Can I tell you, I'm not telling you that it's actually easy. I'm telling you it's a daily thing because we can get, when we start blaming, when we start being hurt, do you know sometimes people say things and they don't even mean to offend us and we've already taken offence. They, they're not even meaning it, but we've we got offended by that and we'll just let them know it, won't say anything. Well, I'm sorry. We better read the next scripture talking about that. It says, this is found in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. And predominantly I like the New Living Translation because for me it's just easy to understand. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. Does that sound like what happens when we're unforgiving? A little bit. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God through Christ forgave you. So to have a good foundation spiritually, we need to get rid of all the bad fruit so that the other fruit can start showing through. And Jesus showed us the way that it's only by forgiving. How else do we do it? Colossians 3.13, one of our family rules. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Easy to read, but a bit harder to apply. But the word says, forgive everyone who offends you. That brings me to my next scripture. When I read this the other week, when it was the 24th day of, Feb, of 24th day of February, I just was like, God, your word is so good. It's so amazing and I just need it. It says, the godly may trip seven times, but they get up again. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. When I read this, God's saying trials are going to come. You know, you know, you wonder where that song, I get knocked down, but I get up again. They just stole that from the word of God. <laughs> they did. I get knocked down, but I get up again. When you're godly, that's what's going to happen. Get down. I can't do a handstand. I need to get a bit fitter, like whatever those things are, those push-ups. But one disaster is enough to overthrow the wicked. So why do you think we see people that can't get over stuff? Only can take one disaster. I get knocked down, but I get up again. I have to tell, I have to tell myself that all the time. If I'm one of God's kids, that's how I've got to behave. It says in Matthew 6, 14 and 15, you know why I do plenty of visuals? So that you don't go to sleep. I hope I'm not that boring, but you never know. <laughs> For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Here we are given a promise. We're also given a warning. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a lifestyle. We are actually commanded by God's word that this is what we are to do. Forgiveness is real. His word is final. So there's got to be no more he said, she said. But that's not fair. Because we're given a promise, but we're given a warning. C.S. Lewis writes, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. We've got to make sure that we're not categorising sin because in the world's eyes, some sins look better, worse than another. But in God's eyes, sin is sin. Whether you stole a ruler or whether you stole a car, sin is sin. Another danger with forgiveness, not another danger, another danger with unforgiveness because we need to be forgiving. So another danger with unforgiveness is carrying a second-hand offence. Now, I think this one, if we've got loved ones, it's easy to do because we carry a hurt for them. Someone hurts our husband or our children and we carry their offence as well. That's handy, isn't it? Because I know it's happened to me. It happened... I've been a Christian most of my life. Brought up in a Christian home. So, Pauline, you should be right. There should be nothing that you're carrying a second-hand offence over. Well, let me tell you, most God really gets a chance to work our characters in this place. Iron sharpens iron. So if we don't have some of these principles operating in our lives, we could be in a real pickle. So second-hand offence. So we've been in ministry quite a while. And um, I remember there was one church that um, our contract wasn't being renewed. There was no money to pay wages anymore, but really it's politely being sacked. Call it what it is. Call it your contract not being renewed. But the reality is we were being politely sacked. I was like, how would they want to get rid of a family like us? Do you know what you've got in that man? I see a man who gets up at five o'clock every morning studying and reading God's word because he loves God, not because it works, just because he's devotion to the Lord. How would they want to get rid of us? And then we went to another church. Now, all of it was for God's good. Like looking back now, man, I wish I had those glasses on then that I've got on now because everything that happened happened for our good, but it didn't feel like it at the time. So Pauline's carrying a second-hand defence. So we, they saw Rob and they saw us in a church and we were welcoming on the door and putting junk mail on chairs. That's what we called it. You know, all that little advertising stuff that we want you to come along to and your giving slips because they're all important and someone needed to do it. So Pastor Rob and myself were on that team of welcomers and we loved it. And a lot of people would say, like the state executive would go to Pastor Rob and say, could you go and check out this church? Could you go and check out that church? And guess who wouldn't let him? Pastor Rob was happy to. 
he was wanting to follow the call of God on his life, but his wife hadn't got over the hurt of what had happened to him. He'd got over it. He knew the keys, forgiveness, give it over to God. But somehow Pauline kept building another room on the sand. My house looked beautiful. From the outside, her house was looking amazing. She's got it together. She loves God. She's in church. She's mothering her children the best way she knows how. But she wasn't building on a solid foundation because somehow she got hurt. And so all my other building was just on sand. And then this is where Port Lincoln steps, step forward Port Lincoln. So you guys had your major fires in 2005 and they had a women's conference out of the ashes. And they invited some of us previous pastors' wives to come along and I just was like, why are they bringing me here? Like, why? Anyway, so I came along. I can't, you know why they brought me here? Because God wanted to talk into my heart. And I was probably away from all distraction. And I remember talking to a lady and she was going through a hard time. And it was almost like God spoke into my spirit saying, Pauline, all I need you to do is love people. And I'm kind of going, it can't be that easy. Surely I have to do more than that. Goes, no, just want you to love people. And something broke off my life. I was in God's house. That's the other key. Be found in God's house. Don't isolate yourself. You see all those nature shows that when an animal's on its own, that's when they get taken down. So I stayed in God's house. And I got to the airport at Port Lincoln to go back home. And I said, Rob, God's spoken to me this weekend. And if we get asked to go somewhere, I promise you I'll go with an open heart. The rest is history. The rest is history. It was Port Lincoln that asked us to come. And guess what? I couldn't say no. (laughs) Because you know what? I had to deal with carrying a second-hand offence that had caused me to build a lot of room on shifting sand, which only took one high tide and it was all knocked down. And it happens so easily. And I just want those chains of unforgiveness to be broken that we can start building on the solid rock where we need to start building. And it doesn't happen easily. It takes a lot of hard work. I'm sorry, but sometimes I don't like, feel like forgiving someone who's been mean to me because I feel like going, it's so unfair. What am I, a doormat? Seriously. So let us look good and strong on the outside built on a solid rock. There's some warning signs of unforgiveness. I probably don't even need to tell you what they are because you already know. You are constantly bringing up past hurts, which are still fresh in your mind, no matter how long ago it was. You tell the same story over and over again, trying to make them look guilty so you look good. I've read a few articles, you never look smart by putting someone else down. But that's, these are just some of the little things if there's unforgiveness happening. And remember I said we're looking at ourselves, it's not for the person next to us today. You give the person who hurt you the silent treatment when you're in their presence. You do not want to talk to that person or be in their presence. If you are in their presence, you keep your distance. You don't want to make normal eye contact during normal conversation, trying to talk, look at everyone, I've got nothing there. 
You tell the story with exaggeration or half-truths to draw people onto your side. You blame the person for the hurt and pain that you have. You fail to take responsibility for your own emotions. You generally don't want spiritual guidance or receive what the Word of God has to say about the situation because you know better. You may find yourself struggling with the situation rather than committing it to God so that he can take care of the rest. You'll find that you have no fruit of the Spirit. You have no love, no joy, no peace. Peace is a big one, guys. You can be in a storm and still have peace. No long-suffering, no gentleness, no goodness, no faith, no meekness, and no temperance. Do you know what? In 2 Corinthians 2 verse 11... It actually teaches us that Satan's schemes and plans involve trying to outsmart us by having us get into unforgiveness. Do you know that? If the enemy can do that, he's got you bound. So that is why this forgiveness key is so important this morning. If the enemy can keep us ineffective, he is one. Let us be awake up to his schemes. Don't let him do it. And guess how he won't do it? By us forgiving. There's a story in the Bible. And you find it in Matthew 18. And the thing that I love about the Bible, and the Bible college students will know this as well, so often we can read a scripture and it says, In Matthew 18, 21 and 22, it says, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And Jesus replied, No, 70 times seven. But the reason that Peter went to Jesus to ask him, because the rabbis taught that if someone sins against you, you have to forgive that same sin three times. That one sin, so... If someone tells a lie, then tells a lie and tells a lie three times, you're out. So Peter thinks, huh, but I've got Christ's character and seven's God's number, so we've got to forgive them seven times. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. He just blows everything way out the water. He says 70 times seven. So if you can keep count of 144 for every single little sin, That's what Jesus says. Do you get the picture? It means you've got to forgive over and over and over and over 144 times. It means just keep forgiving. Just keep forgiving. That's what he's talking about. Shall we read the rest of that story? Won't be too much longer, guys, I promise. Man, she talks. Okay, I nearly need glasses here. I didn't want to bring him. Okay, so we are talking about the unforgiving debtor. Have we all heard that story? The thing I love about Jesus is he talks in stories. That's good for me. That's really good for me. Our kids love him, but we love him because we can understand it too. So what Jesus is actually talking about, he's talking about God. So it says here, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided 
to bring his accounts up to date with servants who have borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was bought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children and everything he owed to pay the debt. But the man fell down before the master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then the master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debts. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. Are you getting the story? When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. There's a promise and a warning again. He's saying, I've forgiven you everything. Then if your brother comes to you and says, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Go to them. And then if you don't forgive them, well, you've just done that one too many times. It seems already quite innocent now when we're up here. I'm telling you right now, every single one of you today or this week are going to have an opportunity to show forgiveness. I'm just letting you know. I'm warning you ahead of time. I guarantee you it'll probably even happen today. Just so that we're, we're, on the, we're all on the same page. It happens. Also, I don't want us to be like Joseph's brothers. I don't know about, about any of you. I don't want to stop remembering how good God is, how good he was when he's forgiven us of everything that we've done wrong. Because some of us have done some pretty hideous things and we feel like we've got to work for that forgiveness. Let me just assure you that once you ask forgiveness, it's gone. Because do you know what happened to Joseph's brothers? Joseph was sold into slavery. If you don't know the story, I'll come and tell you the story later. But just for time's sake, he was sold into slavery. Um, and it was, looking back, it's all in God's plan because he came like the prime minister. He was able to interpret a dream about seven bad years, seven good years, had all this food. His family was hungry over in their country, so they had to come and buy wheat from where Joseph was. And the families all end up moving to Egypt and big story, great story. Read it in Genesis, start from, if you probably start about, oh, 35, start at chapter 35 and we're now at verse 50. So it's a big story. So now Jacob, Joseph's dad's died and all the families are now with Joseph and they're thinking, oh, he's going to get us now for sure. Let's just see what Joseph says. And we've got to relate this to about how 
Jesus feels about us. So it's in the story of Genesis chapter 50, verse 14. Now, maybe if I get the keyboard player to come up now or the musicians to come up now, you'll think I'm finishing really soon. (laughs) Won't be too far. I keep saying that so you're going, oh, she's nearly finished. Okay, it says, After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that the father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent a message to Joseph Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sins. When Joseph received this message, he broke down and wept. He had already forgiven his brothers. He was probably feeling terrible that they're still thinking that he's going to do something bad to him because it wasn't in his heart. Then his brothers came and threw themselves before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves. And then Joseph's kind of going, you've missed the picture here. Don't be afraid of me. Am I a God that I can punish you? You intended harm to me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me out to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. He reassured them and he spoke kindly to them. There's a key. Speak kindly to people. Then they might not think you're so prickly. And do you know what Jesus says? You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. In other translations, it says He'll take them and put them into the sea of forgetfulness, never to remember. Guess who remembers it? Not Him. You've asked for forgiveness, they are gone. We've got to remember it, they are gone. Can I have the stewards come and hand out communion, please? I, my mother-in-law, she's a Facebook addict before my husband was, and she put on this story, and it was, it was translated from Italian to English, and I read it and I got the picture, but then I had to translate it into English English because it was really Italian English. So if it sounds a little bit weird in spots, understand my translation. So the Pauline translation is this. A father, a man went to his father and said, Father, I can't stand my wife. I want to kill her, but I'm afraid I'll be discovered. What's this next piece now? I'll put this one up. Oh, forgiveness with a band-aid. Um, but I'm afraid I'll be discovered. Can you help me? The father replied, yes, I can, but there is a problem. You have to do it in such a way that no one suspects that it was you when she dies. Hmm. You're going to have to take care of her. Be kind, grateful, patient, loving, less selfish, listen more. Sounds like a good plan. You see this powder. I was meant to have a little bag of powder. Sprinkle it on her food every day. It's odourless and tasteless. 
she will die slowly. 30 days later, it gets better, Kylie. The son comes back and says to the father, so 30 days later, he comes back to his dad, I no longer want my wife to die. I realise that I love her now. But what do I do since I've been poisoning her all these days? The father said to him, don't worry. What I gave you was dust of rice. She won't die because the poison was in you. If we treat others the way we would like to be treated, we are able to make peace with ourselves and those who we think are sinning against us. When we are able to take and initiate love, when we are able to give, when we can give to serve and not just to win, and when we cannot take advantage of other people, then the love of God can reach us every day. And it was called the antidote called forgiveness. And as we say, oh my goodness, you want me to see them straight away. Above all else, we are to guard our heart for everything we do flows from it. So when we're speaking stuff that isn't right, you can sometimes realise we've got a heart issue straight away. You know, if you've got a good Christian friend, allow them maybe to speak into you. You've got to give them that permission though. Because what I found is I can see things sometimes, but people don't give you permission to say anything, so you've just got to leave it. This morning, I may have said, can I tell you, my illustrations or my own examples were not bad ones. They were true ones, but they weren't bad ones. Some of us people here today have been through absolutely hideous experiences. And you know what? In the natural, you can't do it on your own. That's why you need God's help. So what I've done today is, as a pastor, I want everyone healed, fixed up, cleaned up, walking on, powering for God. And somehow people get tangled up and tripped over and bruised bruised nose, bruised knees, broken something, and they're walking around limping. We need to get healed and fixed up. So I've got these things called a forgiveness prayer. I'll leave some sitting up here. There's some out the back on that ledge as you walk out, as you're grabbing your one heart stickers. But what I want you to do is I want you to take one of those And if you, like me, don't even realise sometimes things have got on us, go and kneel by your bed. And if someone comes to your mind, and you don't have to ring them up and tell them, it's between you and God here. That's what I'm saying. They don't even know what then make them feel bad. I've heard teaching of that as well. Go and tell them. If your brother offends you, go and let him know. I'm thinking, what? Then he feels bad as well. How about we let God deal with the other people? So, I would like you to take one of those forgiveness prayers if you feel like you might not even have an issue, but I'm telling you something, it comes. I'm just warning you, this is pre-warning, so that you know what you can just say. And then, if you are still feeling like my head was feeling mushy and I was struggling. No, I went to, um, we had a state meeting last week and I slept at my parents' house and I was talking to my mum about something and she goes, well, that's a bondage, that needs to be broken off your life. Kind of say those words bondage and broken. I'm kind of going, what have I done wrong? No, sometimes it's not what you've done wrong. Sometimes people have spoken things over you and they just need to be cut off and just need to be cut free. 
because sometimes they're lies and the enemy wants you to believe those lies. And she just prayed a prayer, release me, cut me free from the things that people had spoken. I was just like, wow, didn't even realise I was carrying that. So I left that place a bit lighter. And I say that because it happens to all of us. So can I say, if you're feeling something, why don't you get one of your pastors to pray with you? Humble yourselves. Because you know what? We want to see everyone free. We want to see everybody living the life God intended them to live. So as we come around the elements, do you know what Jesus said when He was hanging on the cross, forgiving us of our sins? He says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. People don't know what they're doing to you sometime. That's why we need to do this. So when we come, do you want to stand with me? If you can. This morning as we take this piece of biscuit and juice, what we are doing is we are remembering Jesus and all He's done for us. In 1 Corinthians 11, 14, it says in verse 24, it says, do this in remembrance of me. So we're remembering you. And he says in verse 26, every time you eat the bread and drink the cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until He comes again. There's hope. That's our hope. It sounds morbid to say, but that's where our hope comes from because we remember that Jesus is coming back again. And the third thing He says in verse 28 is examine yourself. And that is what we need to do today. That's why I spoke about forgiveness because we need to examine ourselves and go, if there is anything holding me back this morning, I just want to give it over to you. So can we just do that for just 10, 20 seconds? We believe you came to die for us. We remember what you did and we are truly grateful. you want to hand your cups to the aisle, the stewards will come. You can sit down. And when we say, Jesus, will you forgive me? Guess what his answer is? Yes. We're going to do something different this morning. I can't say I've ever done it in one of my preaching before, but Jesus taught us how to pray. So, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. How's that sound? Okay, let's go from the top. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Sarah.